Hi there. Welcome to Cancer Hold My Beer. This is episode two, the calm before the shitstorm. Literally no joke. This episode will take you from the day of my cancer diagnosis, the journey into the unknown, a reflection of the symptoms that I seemingly ignored in the years preceding, and all of the guilt I carried along the way. Could all of this have been avoided? I'll start by reading a quote. I stumbled upon this and uh, it kind of suits this episode. So here it goes. The mind remembers the words, but the heart remembers how it feels. The mind can forget, but the heart never will. J.M. Storm. So we'll start with April 2019. This is when we purchased our house. So we're finalizing the mortgage and we're talking to the lawyer. We're getting the home inspection. So a lot was happening. When we were going uh, back and forth to finalize our mortgage, uh, in that was uh, talk about uh, getting the insurances. So critical insurance and the life insurance. Now, if you're thinking about buying a house, please get the insurances. You will not regret it. I hope to God that you never have to use it. But you never know. Anything can happen. So please, please, please get the insurance when they offer it to you. Because we weren't going to get the insurance. We were thinking about the life insurance. And then we're like, uh, I don't know if we should get the critical. You know, it's going to raise our mortgage monthly payments. And nah, I don't know. I mean, you know, houses are expensive, right? But then finally, uh, let's just do it. Let's just get it. And, you know, at least we're covered. So after the decision, we finally signed all of our papers. We go to the lawyer. We sign all the papers there. We get our keys. The house is ours. So we start moving stuff in. I'm starting to paint and fix some stuff up. Uh, putting stuff away. All that took me forever because I'm picky. So I don't just put stuff away. I put stuff away <laughs> that's just who I am so I'd say probably that took about uh, a good couple of months so now finally everything's where I want it everything's great oh, amazing then there are little critters in my house carpenter ants I figured, oh, they're coming in from the door when the dog comes in. No. They were coming into the house from outside because there was a massive nest outside. So I'm in the house battling the ants. I swear my husband thought I was crazy. Well, he knows I'm crazy. But it's like I can't stand. I don't like bugs to begin with. So 
I have these ants that I'm battling. So I finally get the stuff that works. And I set the traps outside. And I actually got rid of the ants. And it felt so great. Then, if you think that that would be, like, the biggest battle that we had. Huh. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> then we discover all the creative renos that were done. Nothing, nothing in this house was bolted down. Like, the taps were moving around. The cabinets are moving around. Nothing... The guy who owned this house is a professional, like, contractor. He does this shit for a living. Like, I don't know. Anyways, we fixed the plumbing. We fixed the taps. Nothing moves anymore. We're good. Now I get to take my baby home. My motorcycle. We have a garage to put our stuff in. It feels so good. I am on top of the world. I'm feeling great. Little tired. You know, I just spent the last couple of months, you know, mucking out the house and making sure everything was done to how I wanted it. Now, during this time, I'm still working. Uh, so I was working and doing all this so now we're about June 2019, uh, close to uh, the end of it. So this is when things started to not feel okay. So I'm at work and my job, I'm sitting down about 70% of the time. So I was starting to get uncomfortable. My hip was killing me and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I thought, well, you know, I had a derby injury, so maybe it's just kind of creeping up on me. Uh, so I'll just make a point of walking around more, getting up and, you know, walking it off. But it wasn't going away. It was getting to a point where I actually had to get some type of cushion underneath to kind of prop my leg up because it was like it, I had no comfort at all. And then as it progressed, so now probably um, I'd say probably beginning of July, I started uh, getting numbness in my leg and I'm like, well, that's not right. I mean, but hey, maybe it's just the injury. So it's like, I just shrugged it off. I didn't think anything of it. Then um, one bathroom visit, I went to the bathroom and noticed that there was blood on the toilet paper. Like, well, you know what? I have hemorrhoids. It's not uncommon for that to happen. I'm just probably got, you know, a flare up or something or whatever. So it's like I shrugged it off. It's hemorrhoids. But then the longer I waited, um, I noticed that it was actually, it didn't look normal. Like the, it, it was dark. Like it wasn't like a, bright red blood it was dark blood and it didn't sit well with me so now this is the point where I went to the doctor so now we're about mid 
July. Uh, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a week and a half into July. And so I'm noticing this change. Now, I've always had hemorrhoids, so it wasn't uncommon for me to see the blood. Um, I had been to the doctor previously, and they just ordered me some creams and stuff just to reduce the swelling and stuff. So it really didn't surprise me, but I started getting concerned when I saw the change in what it looked like. Uh, so I decided to go to the uh, clinic again. And so they examined me, of course, you know, nice digit inspection. And uh, that really didn't feel good at all. Like, it doesn't usually, but this time it was like, it was like, ugh, it just, it was so painful. So, um, checked around. They were touching it. They were touching it because it was like right there. Oh, it's just a hemorrhoid. All right. You know what? I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. So they gave me some more cream and some more pills to uh, shrink it and take care of it and take the pain away and stuff. So it's like, uh, okay. So I did that uh, until maybe about the end of July. And um, it just, it, it started getting worse from that point on. It was like, I couldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, you usually go poop, I don't know, twice a day sometimes, maybe more depending on how your body works. But um, mine went from twice a day to uh, twice a week. Then a couple of weeks later, went from twice a week to uh, maybe once a week. And it started gradually becoming where um, maybe it would be nice if I had a bowel movement maybe once in three weeks. So imagine how my stomach felt. It was like an overstuffed sausage casing that had like a never-ending length. And it hurt. It was so painful. And all I wanted to do was go to the bathroom. And I couldn't. It just would not come out. And that's when I knew something was really wrong. I was doing uh, fleet enemas, which is shoving fluid up your ass. And oh, not only is this uncomfortable, it is so embarrassing because you have to go buy this stuff at the pharmacy. And like when when you're there, when you become a regular at the pharmacy buying fleet enemas, they're thinking two things. <laughs> I don't think I have to tell you what they're thinking. But and I'm thinking myself, it's not even that. It's not even remotely close to anything like weird. It's medical, trust me. But I mean, I'm at that point where it's like, I got to get this shit out of me. So, so I get these enemas and I like get Pat to go buy me some too, because it's like, you know, it's like I'm in the bathroom and it's like, okay, the first one didn't work. I need you to go get me another one. And so I'm now I'm at two enemas back to back and it was just a nightmare. So finally I get 
all this poop out of me and I felt so good. Oh, it felt so amazing. But I mean, as you know, you can't keep on doing this. At some point, there's whatever's working now, you figure isn't going to work for that much longer. And you're absolutely right. Because uh, beginning of August, doing an enema did nothing. So now I've got all this poop in me and I just don't know what to do. And I just decided one day, it was a Sunday, uh, I messaged Pat. I'm like, when you get home from work, I need you to drive me to the hospital because there is something horribly wrong. And what was wrong was I had, as I'm doing this enema and wiping my butt, I could feel something protrude on the outside. So imagine where your thigh meets your butt cheek on the inside. I could actually feel a lump. And it was the size of two golf balls. Well, it felt like two golf balls because I don't know if it was really. I have no idea how big it was. But it was scary because I'm like, what is this? I'm being told it's a hemorrhoid, but I don't know what is going on. So I go to the hospital and people who know me believe that I would say this. So you have to wait to, you know, get registered and then you have to go back and sit down and then you have to go to triage and then you have to go back to sit down. And they got these color coded seats where it's like, okay, you sit in the green seats for registration. Then you go to the black seats to go to triage. And then after you're done triage, you go to the sit in the purple seats because that's your general waiting area, which is bullshit. I don't give a fuck. I sit where the fuck I want. I'm in pain. I got something in my ass. I don't give a fuck anymore. So I'm sitting there waiting for registration. So they call me over. Oh, hello. How are you? Not good. Well, what are you here for today? I'm here because I got something the size of two golf balls in my ass. And I can't poop. Okay, one thing, don't tell them you can't poop. Because the minute you tell them you can't poop, you're constipated. No, I'm not fucking constipated. There's something fucking wrong. So then she sends me to go sit in the box seats because that's triage. So I'm sitting there, triage calls me over. They ask me the same fucking questions and I tell them the same fucking answers and they tell me the same fucking thing oh you're constipated holy fuck I'm not con you know do you know how many enemas I've done I'm not fucking constipated there's something fucking wrong did you not just hear me say I've got two fucking lumps the size of golf balls in my ass there's something wrong I can feel them you want to feel them no, they don't fucking believe you. So finally, I get to the emergency room and I get to see a doctor. Now, now this, this was the most precious thing I had ever experienced in my life. And when I mean precious, 
I mean, insane. So I get this young doctor. Not, I don't have anything against young doctors, you know. Some of them are really good. So she asked me, you know, how I was doing. And I told her. Oh, okay, well, let's have a look. Oh, fuck, another finger. Jesus Christ. How many fingers am I going to have up there? Like, oh, anyways, so it's like, she has a look. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's a hemorrhoid. No, are you for fucking real? I, I don't think so. There's two, like, it feels like there's two fucking golf balls in my ass. No, that's a hemorrhoid. Uh, yeah, I can't go to the bathroom. Oh, you're constipated. I bawled my eyes out because I could not believe what I was hearing. So, of course, she doesn't know what to do. I'm crying. I'm cranky. I've got something in my ass. I can't fucking poop. I'm in pain. And I'm fucking pissed off because everyone tells me I'm fucking constipated. I'm not. There's something wrong. Now try telling that to a doctor. You can't. So now here comes the fun part. <laughs> and it's, I don't mean fun as in fun. I mean fun as in I'm going to fucking take this chick and I'm going to fucking headbutt her. Because she starts telling me about all the diuretics I need to take. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have been doing two enemas. Oh, you can't do enemas. This is why you've irritated your hemorrhoid now. Well, frankly, I'm quite fucking irritated right now. Because I can't fucking poop. You need to take Senecot. Now, I don't know if you guys know what Senecot is, but it's a mild diuretic. Mild di diuretic does fuck all for me. So, then she puts her fucking finger back up there. She says, well, you see the hemorrhoid is hanging down. So, I'm going to push it back into place. Because if it's hanging down, it's going to choke it. And I'm thinking, I'm going to fucking choke you. So, she's literally pushing on this hemorrhoid. She's pushing up. Now... I don't know if you know how it feels to have your skin ripped off from inside your ass, but let me tell you, that's exactly what it felt like. Because it wasn't a fucking goddamn hemorrhoid, right? But, you know, with a hemorrhoid, okay, you're pushing it back into place. So after that, she let me put my pants back on. And I'm sitting up and I'm just bawling my eyes out because I just want somebody to take the time to listen to me and listen to what I'm saying. So she just tells me, is there anything that you you need? Is there anything that I can do? Can we not just do an ultrasound? Just do a test. I'm telling you, there's something there. Well, she says... Let me go check with another doctor and see if that's something we can do. All right. I think I might have a shot here. So I see her talking to the doctor and pointing at me. Like, 
as if I just asked her for some oxycodone or something. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a drug addict. And that's how I felt. I felt like I was being judged for being there. And I felt I was disrupting their day and just, you know, like they didn't want to even bother. So then I see her coming back. And she goes, well, I just spoke to the other doctor and he doesn't feel that we should be doing a test. Just take the Senecot, just go home and take this and just keep on taking it. Don't stop taking it. As she's talking to me, I'm bawling even more. I'm so like, I'm so discouraged now. I'm so like at the end. What do I do? Do I go home and cut this thing out myself? Because nobody's listening to me. And I said, can you please just do something? And the next response out of her mouth turned my crying into a massive rage. She looked at me and said, this is the emergency department on a Sunday afternoon. What exactly is it that you would like for us to do for you? I'm like, pardon? What? Is this chick for fucking real? I just, I feel the anger brewing inside me. And I just said, you know what? Nothing. I'm fine. I'll just go home and I'll do exactly what you told me to do. But in the inside, I just wanted to take her by the throat, bring her a little closer to me so I can butt the fuck out of her head. I just want to knock her out because she has no clue on the amount of pain I was in. So at that point, my husband told me that, you know, call me when you're ready. Just call me, like... You know, I'll come pick you up. Like, I don't care. Like, he's, he works weekends in graveyard, so I want him to sleep. But no, no, I'll go pick you up. I was so fucking mad, I walked home from the fucking hospital. Granted, it's not that far when you're in a car. It's about five minutes away. But when you're walking and you're in pain and you're tired and you're full of poop and, you know, it takes a little longer. But I was really, really, really pissed. So it didn't really take me that long. And I kind of needed that walk because if I didn't get the walk, somebody was going to fucking die. So now. So that was an experience. I came home, relaxed, and tried to think of something to do. I'm like, well, maybe it is just me, right? Maybe it is just a hemorrhoid. Maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one. Oh, I know I'm crazy, but... Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm overreacting. So I did everything I could, but I still wasn't pooping. Nothing was happening. And honestly, when I did poop, now, it you know, you got like those healthy poops. I was having some really stringy kind of spaghetti looking poops with blood in it. Like wrapped in it. Uh, yeah, that that really isn't good. And then there was one morning I woke up to go to work. 
I don't know what was going on, but I'm like, I am not going to work because I feel like I just got hit by a fucking truck. So I decide to go to the walk-in clinic a little later after I started feeling a little better. And so we go. Now this walk-in clinic was a different walk-in clinic than I usually go to. And so I see the doctor and uh, it was Dr. Mackey. Excellent doctor. And I'm not just saying that because of how he treated my issues. I'm telling you because he isn't he is an excellent doctor so he's listening to me and I'm already you know I'm so used to being like shoved under the bus and you know not being listened to that you know I'm just I'm I don't want to tell him anything it's like well they're telling me that you know this is wrong with me and he just stopped and he said I don't want to hear what other people are telling you I want to hear how you feel what is happening with you? So I tell him, and he's like, oh, okay, well, that's not good. So I'm going to send you for an ultrasound, and I'm going to, you know, just make sure that, you know, your gut's good. Now, when they did the ultrasound, they went into the intestines, but they didn't go low enough. So they didn't catch the tumor. But guess what else they caught? They happened to catch a glimpse of my heart which they found out there was fluid around my heart. So you can't catch a glimpse of the fucking tumor. No, no, you gotta catch a glimpse of the heart. So when I went back to get the results from him, he tells me this and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what would cause fluid around the heart? I said, because, you know, as a kid, I had a heart murmur. So I'm like, is it that? He's like, no, it's not that. I said, what would cause that? He's like, I'm not gonna tell you. Why? He goes, because you're going to overreact. I'm like, no, tell me. Now, here's the thing. You're not going to tell me. I'm going to fucking Google it. So I Googled it. Of course, my husband, shaking his head like, you know, you don't listen. No, I don't listen. Because I'm tired of not getting answers. I'm tired of people treating me like I can't fucking handle it. So, I google it and i find out oh well you can get it if you have an existing heart condition or if it's you know in your family or it's caused by cancer and i'm like well isn't that lovely well let me tell you that my friend was the beginning of the answers so after that appointment well, during that appointment, he told me, okay, now follow up with your family doctor. All right. So I call my family doctor because I never really went to my family doctor. And I know this is going to sound really, really stupid. And it probably is. It guaranteed it is. I hated going to see my family doctor because the receptionist she had at the time was a fucking cunt. I'd call to make an appointment for just regular checkups, right? Because you kind of want to keep on top of that shit. Now, are you sick? Well, no, I don't want to be sick. This is the why I want checkups and I want to look at shit, right? Right? Well, if you're not sick, you don't need an appointment. Call us when you're sick. Okay, what the fuck? So you can't be proactive anymore? Apparently not. Not anymore. 
So anyways, so I make the appointment. So it's a new receptionist. I love her. She is fantastic. Natasha, fantastic. So, you know, I just say, okay, you know what? I saw Dr. Mackey. He wants me to make an appointment with Dr. Mayu for further investigation on an ultrasound I had and uh, what they call a pericardial effusion, which is the fluid around the heart. Just kind of investigate that bit more. He wants me to get an ECG and all that jazz, right? Okay, so make the appointment. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, so we're going to get to the bottom of this finally. So I see my family doctor and she's like, okay, well, we're going to order these tests, some blood tests. And I'm like, okay. And I told her about my lump. And of course, another fucking digit in the ass. It's like, oh, well, at first she asked me, do you want me to examine it? I'm like, eh, not really, because it hurts. Oh, she's like, I'll, I'll be very careful. And I'm like, oh, do I have, oh, fine. Because you know what? My husband's sitting there and he's watching me and he's looking at me like, you're fucking getting a finger up your ass, sweetheart. You're getting it done. So it's like, oh. All right. So she does it. And she's, she's yeah, you know what? It could be an internal hemorrhoid. That's what it feels like. She was, but usually with that, they just kind of give it a little slice and let it come out. And then you're done. I'm like, oh, my God. It's that easy? Because when you're in that much pain and agony and you've had it for so long and you can't poop, anything sounds fucking good at this point. All right, so let's get this done. So it's like, so she's sending me for blood work. I'm being referred to a specialist that does this. Great. Things are moving along. Things are great. I am happy as can be. My blood work comes in. So I go see her because I'm like, I don't want the results over the phone because it's like, what if it's bad news, right? What if there's something wrong? So I go in. So she comes, she goes, you know, your blood is perfect. She goes, for a 45-year-old, you are in better health than anyone I have ever seen. There is absolutely nothing wrong with your blood. You are in perfect health. Huh. Well, okay. So I go back to work and I'm like, oh my God, guys, it's not cancer. It, there's nothing in my blood. I am fine, so it's a hemorrhoid. Let's go. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I feel so bad now because it's like the nurse at the, or sorry, the doctor at the hospital. She's like, I'm like, oh my god, you know what? It's just a hemorrhoid. Okay, I feel a hell of a lot better now. Oh boy. Now during this time, so from, I'd say maybe. From June till the maybe mid-September, end of September, or basically before I saw the specialist, I had started losing weight. And I thought, well, maybe it's because my diet changed. Not eating because you're not pooping and just not feeling hungry and drinking more water and just trying to get rid of this. I'm, it would make sense. So it's like, you know, I wasn't too concerned between like, you know, June and July because it was like I lost maybe five or 10 pounds. And what girl doesn't like to lose weight, really, to be honest? So I really wasn't complaining. But then it got to a point where it's like every day I put my work pants on and it'd be like, oh, well, it went from one week fitting nicely and not too snug to a little looser. And then the week after that, 
even looser to a point where my pants were literally falling down around my ankles. I'm like, well, okay, I don't, I'm not complaining that I'm losing weight, but this doesn't feel right. It, something just doesn't jive because I'm not dieting. I'm not doing, I'm trying to eat a lot of calories because I'm not eating a lot of food. So I need to up the calories somewhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, this isn't good. Like, you know, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not eating that much. And it's like, it's maybe it's not absorbing. Maybe I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. People at work are noticing that I'm losing weight and they're all, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, oh my God, you're losing too much. But no, I was losing too much weight. They're like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't, like you're losing weight, but you're losing too much weight. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm trying to eat, but dude, I can't poop. So I'm not hungry. And on top of that, um, I started walking around a bit more. Uh, to try and help my leg out but that was even getting worse because everything was so fucking painful so it's like walking up the stairs and sitting down and walking like I was limping I was at a point now where I'm limping with this leg because it's like I can't walk properly I can't lift anything now now I'm getting up and I'm walking around and the minute I'm hitting the stairs I'm out of breath I can't even, I can't pick my orders. I can't, you know, help customers out. I can't. it was just getting to a point that it was getting so exhausting. I'm like, well, it's because I'm not eating enough and I'm not pooping and I'm, you know, it's probably poisoning me. So it's like, you know, but I'm getting the care. I'm getting my answers now. So they're going to take care of this. So now for the pain, my doctor decides to, um, prescribe me uh, some synthetic morphine because I was taking the over-the-counter Tylenol with codeine. But for some godforsaken reason, you'd go to every pharmacy. All of a sudden, they're all sold out of this shit. I'm like, oh, this is fucking fantastic. Everyone's in fucking pain at the same time. I couldn't get anything anywhere. And I told her this and she said, well, I can give you some synthetic uh, morphine, but a really low dosage. I'm like, all right, like what low dosage is like one milligram. Okay. She was just take one when you're in pain and don't take it more than every six to eight hours. All right. No problem. Well, I took one. Holy fuck. I was high. <laughs> I couldn't function. So I'm like, Hannah taking this at work. So now then came the experimentation. Well, I had heard a lot about edibles. And I'm like, you know, my husband has a friend who he is fighting cancer. And he uses edibles for to maintain his pain. And so that, you know, he doesn't feel the effects as much. So he donated some edibles to me. The best one is Mellow Yellow. That's my favorite. So, but I hadn't smoked pot in years. I never had an edible. I've heard of them. Never had an edible. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, well, it's a gummy. So like, how do you do this? Like, do you eat the whole fucking thing? No, <laughs> you don't eat the whole thing. 
cut little pieces and take little bits at a time and see how it works. And after 30 minutes, if you don't feel anything, take a little bit more, but don't overdo it. All right. So I take a little bit and it's like, oh, feel a little buzz. Yeah. Okay. That's good. But the second or third time I'm like taking some and I'm like, I don't really feel it. So it's like, take a little bit more now here's the thing with the edibles because when it's mixed it doesn't always mix in like evenly so you get stronger bits in some parts than others well this was the case with this so the piece that I had taken before that didn't really do anything probably had very little in it but the next piece that I took probably had the rest of what was supposed to be in that piece. Oh, fuck, I was high. Oh my God, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to think of something. I could slowly feel my thought just kind of get there, but not quite get there. But, and then I drop and I'm like, why can't I think of anything? I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, I have to go to bed because I can't fucking think of anything. <laughs> my brain was complete mush. But to be honest, I needed that because I needed not to think about anything. And it was great. Went to bed, woke up the next morning, and I was like, holy fuck was I ever high. Now, I went and bought more edibles, of course, because now it's like, this is, this. I want to try different ones now because it's like, now I'm like, you know, well, now I'm a freaking, you know, pothead but to be honest I didn't abuse it I use it just to maintain the pain but uh, I tried to stay away from the synthetic morphine as much as I could but um, it got to a point where eventually I did have to use it a bit more uh, for work I ended up getting just the CBD oil just to like I added a bit to my food just to kind of give me an like an edge where it kind of took a little bit of the pain away so I could work and that kind of helped but it probably only lasted about a week now now finally the day I had been waiting for October 9th 2019 so here we are October 9th 2019 oh man I woke up and I was like today is the day that I get this thing out of my ass finally I'll be able to go to the bathroom I'll be able to ride my motorcycle again like all these things and like I just can't wait like I know the healing is gonna suck because I read about it obviously I googled it but it's like healing's gonna suck and that but you know what I'll be able to get my life back I'll be able to do things and you know not be in pain and be able to work and do my job and enjoy my family and just get on with my life so I'm getting washed up and getting dressed and getting ready for my appointment now uh, my appointment was at the hospital it uh, was uh, in the ACU, like a little, I guess that's like, I want to explain it, like, it's like a clinic, 
Uh, but within the hospital and like the surgeons basically are there and they have like, you know, they're in or they're outpatient surgeries and stuff. So I guess I would have been considered an outpatient surgery or procedure so they can just do it right there. Right. So get dressed, get ready. Point was at 10 a.m. So we had to be there about an hour early. So it's like we were there for nine o'clock, registered, went to the little waiting room and, you know, patiently waiting and my husband's there with me and we're talking and, you know, I'm still tired and I'm still not feeling good and, you know, and I'm nervous. So it's like, you know, you know, it's like you have, you know, you're getting something taken care of, but you still have that in the back of your head. What if, what if it's not a hemorrhoid? So you got to kind of prepare yourself for that too, because you don't know how this is going to work itself out. So waiting in the waiting room and the nurse comes out and she's like, oh, Chantal. And she looks at me and she's like, Igor? And I'm like, Bora Bora? <laughs> so it's, I find out that my surgeon's nurse is one of my derby girls. Well, hello. Oh, my God. So we're just, you know, cackling away like, you know, two girls do, apparently. So, you know, she's asked me how I am and if I'm still in derby. And if, I'm, you know, she's like, oh, I'm not doing anymore. You know, just busy with work and Oh, yeah, and so it's like, she's like, okay, you know, Dr. Casado is going to be with you shortly, and he's fantastic, he's very good, you know, you should feel really good about, you know, your appointment, you know, he's not going to baby you, he's going to tell you like it is, and you know, and that's exactly how he's like. So now she tells me that, you know, okay, so we just need you to, you know, take everything off from the waist down, put the robe on and cover up with the blanket and, you know, all that, you know, doctor stuff. And I'm looking around the room and I'm like, okay, there's machinery here. We're going to get this shit done today because it looks like he's pretty fucking prepared for it. Like there's like, you know, like those little fucking tools that they use, like the freaking, they burn the skin off kind of thing. You know, it's, I don't know what they're called, but he was ready anyways. So, you know, no pants on, just sitting there. My husband's sitting across from me and just waiting for the doctor. Doctor comes in and he's like this really short little guy, but very like, hello, how are you? Good. All right. So. This is what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, very to the point, no fun, no time for chit-chat. Let's just get this fucking shit done. I love him already. So I tell him, okay, you know what? I have this hemorrhoid. Oh, a hemorrhoid, eh? Yes, okay, let's have a look. Doesn't want to even fucking hear the story. All right, so turn over to your side. Lift your legs a bit, all right? Again, a finger. Oh, I'm like, holy shit, that hurt. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, dude, if you're going to be doing this and spending a lot more time in there than you really need to, you're going to have to buy me a drink or a fucking steak. 
because my husband's sitting right across from me and I don't do fucking threesomes. So then he lifts his head and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to need to have a closer look. And I'm like, a closer look? What the fuck is this guy going to do? So then I'm laying there. I can see my husband's face. And I see his face go white. And I'm like, what the fuck? Whoa! Now all this happened in a matter of seconds. Okay. So this is what fucking happened. The guy went in to a drawer to pull out something the size of a fucking telescope to stick up my ass. My husband's face goes white because he's thinking to himself, oh, she's not going to be fucking happy about this. No, I fucking wasn't because I got no fucking warning. Not okay, you know what, this is what we're going to do. No, just, like, this guy didn't fuck around. Literally did not fucking say anything because I think he's had the experience where, okay, I'm going to stick a telescope up your ass. Probably he got the reply of, no, you're fucking not. So he just fucking goes for it. And I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, now, fingers hurt. This thing, it was like a fist. I couldn't believe it. And then he starts fucking winding it open to make it fucking bigger. And then I fucking feel his head get closer to my fucking ass. I'm like, okay, like, seriously, this is like a weird fucking porno right now. I don't even want to be a part of this. I don't care if I'm going to fucking be a star from this. I'm done. Get this thing out of my ass. Get my fucking pants. I'm done. Then... He lifts his head, takes the thing out, the telescope, tells me to sit down. That's not a hemorrhoid. That's a tumor. And it's cancer. And it's ulcerated. At that very moment... It was like as if somebody opened a trap door from under my feet and I fell into this never-ending hole with no bottom. I couldn't believe it. I believed it, but it's not something you want to hear, really. And I'm looking at my husband and... The look on his face just said it all. So then the doctor's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We have a plan. You're going to go for a colonoscopy. I'm booking it right now. Get dressed. Come and meet me outside. So as I'm getting dressed, I just look at my husband. And I just just came out of my mouth. I said, I'm going to be okay. I am not going to die. So we leave the room, I wait, I get weighed, then I get my appointment for my colonoscopy, I get the prep to go do the colonoscopy, and then I go home. Never ever did I see that girl ever again. I left her. 
in that hospital that day. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, talking about this is hard. Uh, it, even though it's been a while since it happened, uh, it's still there's still some things that get to me and uh, make me want to cry. So uh, I just want to say thank you for understanding. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, it really does help. Uh, and please, if there is somebody that you know that is struggling with anything like this, who can't have their voices heard or is struggling with chemo and radiation, please point them in the direction of my podcast, point them in the direction of the pages and the groups. I'm there to help. I have an opportunity to do it. I've been given a second chance at life and I plan on using it to the fullest. I want to give as much as I can to as many people, even if it's only one person that I can help. To me, I'm helping that one person and that one person can help somebody else.